0: Welcome to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. When people are injured due to negligence or while on the job, they need all the help they can get. Doctors Armin Feldman and Mike Bummer help ensure they get it. Join them as they discuss the newest medical subspecialty of medical legal consulting. Learn how attorneys can gain a competitive advantage in PI, workers' comp, and medical malpractice cases. Armin and Mike can help you better understand the medical issues in your cases, leading to larger settlement amounts and the best possible medical care for clients. They can help save you time and increase case value, all without breaking the bank. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People, the podcast. I'm Dr. Armin Feldman, and I am here with my friend and colleague and partner in Physicians Legal Consulting, Dr. Mike Bummer. Hi, Mike. Hi,
2: Armin. How are you today?
1: Good. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm excellent. It's It's been quite the cold week here uh, in Pittsburgh and well, probably across most of the country from what I can yeah. see. But we're surviving.
1: It, yeah, good, good. And uh, hope you had a good Christmas.
2: Oh, It was fantastic. I have a young daughter, so it was magical. And how about you?
1: Yeah, very, very much uh, uh, a fun time and a good time to get together with close friends. So uh, it was great.
2: That's excellent. That's excellent. I was really excited to tape today's show. Since you had shared your personal story with me after I suggested a report I had done, which I was particularly excited about, and then you kind of dropped the bomb after I told you about this report, (laughs) you said, well, I have a story to tell you, and after I lifted my jaw off the ground and (laughs) said a prayer of thanks that that everything kind of worked out, uh, I said, we need to talk about that, that our listeners right. need to hear that story.
1: Right, right. So this is a thoracic uh, outlet syndrome case, and uh, I will share that story. Uh, I hope I don't get traumatized again just by repeating it. But uh, let's start with your case, and that will uh, be a good intro into my story as well.
2: Perfect. 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 So for our attorney listeners out there, this case uh, was one that I jumped to share because it highlighted an issue that a lot of our attorneys experience where the insurance adjuster or opposing counsel don't even want to cover the medical bills of some ongoing medical issues or testing that were clearly related to a crash or an injury, uh, kind of passing the common sense test but failing the, 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 failing the threshold to make it obvious where they feel like they need to pay a lot of money for these uh, testing or, or uh, injuries that are not instantly recognizable as related. So and, just go ahead, go ahead.
1: And that's where we come in, right?
2: exactly i mean we, we do the bread and butter just relating the normal stuff and, and talking about what that ongoing issues are and the, the cost of those issues but this one jumped out because it was a non a, a very subtle relationship and I'll, I'll just jump in and explain that because it was a nerve injury ultimately that presented days weeks later after this woman was in a traumatic car crash so let me just give you the details and our listeners can kind of follow along great so this woman is in her early 50s she was on the highway and her car was stopped and she was crashed directly into her rear by a van that was going about 50 miles per hour and she said she on the phone interview she told me she braced herself she Saw the van coming behind her. Her sunglasses went on impact, flew off her face. Her head flew forward and back, and her vehicle was totaled.
1: Yeah, I, so, I can just kind of picture that, you know, that you can see this van barreling down on you in your rearview mirror. There is absolutely nothing that you can do but brace. It's got to be just a, a sinking, terrifying feeling.
2: Yeah, there's nowhere to go. Your, yeah. your seat belted in and you just have to brace. And so she, uh, she was hurting everywhere after the crash and she ultimately her adrenaline was flowing though and she had she was late for work i mean we've all heard the stories so she took some advil and she tried to deal with it but then the next day she said she was quote hurting everywhere so she went to the er she just couldn't take the pain anymore they did imaging x-rays shoulder chest x-rays ct of her cervical spine lo and behold everything is normal and our attorneys get this result a lot yet she is not
1: normal; she continues to hurt, so in some ways, this looks like kind of a typical soft tissue injury case, right
2: I would say so absolutely yes. there's there's no There's no imaging medical proof yet of any uh, fractures or injuries that my attorney could hang his or her hat on
1: right, but there's a twist
2: the twist. And this is the portion of the report that we call ongoing medical problems. And this one is a big glaring red one with a bow on it that I was able to make my opinion within a reasonable degree of medical certainty that due to that crash, she had experienced neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. Mm -hmm. And let me explain that. So the pain she had was through her neck and back, everything tightened up. She had this kind of quintessential whiplash injury. Right. she went to see a chiropractor first he outlines everything in the exam it's really well done she has also her right thumb wrist and uh, hand are tender through the right forearm and this is days this is only days later she did not present to the ER which was one of the problems for making the connection she did not have any hand or arm pain in the ER she was just kind of achy everywhere right so this well, develops
1: yeah go ahead I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm interrupting you but so so this is a typical situation for us that we can often help our attorney clients and the injured person and that is in the immediately after the accident and oftentimes in the days uh, sometimes even weeks after the accident there's no report in the medical records of the person being treated for the thing that turns out to be the problem. And we can come in and explain why that was the case.
2: Exactly. That's pretty much the majority of what we do because these car crashes or injuries have longstanding losses, functional losses that present later. It just mm-hmm. I- invariably it happens that way. Yeah. So this woman continues to see, various medical professionals documenting this right wrist, hand, thumb pain, and she's racking up medical bills. So she's a hairdresser. I, I could have mentioned that. And she's unable to really even put in a full day of work. She's. Uh, There's even a note that says she's unable to oppose her right thumb to the fifth finger. Uh, she gets an MRI. The MRI is unremarkable. She takes some Celebrex, it's an anti-inflammatory, she wears a wrist brace, she has wrapping and icing treatments, and nothing is really helping. It's actually only getting worse. And she, as she uh, documented about five months later, she is unable to use her right thumb the way she did before the motor, motor vehicle accident. It mm-hmm. says this in the record. And we report these verbatim notes. Yet still, this insurance company is unable to connect the dots of all this medical care for the right thumb and this ongoing issue to the crash because there was no quote-unquote trauma to the right hand or thumb. And the attorney has no idea, but I should mention before this report, the attorney had no idea what thoracic outlet syndrome was, and I think that's mm-hmm. common. Uh, mm-hmm. Most doctors who don't deal with this
1: wouldn't know what neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome
2: is. Would you agree? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think many of our um, more experienced attorney clients, they start seeing this because it is quite a common injury. In fact, it's more most common in rear end auto accidents. And yeah.
2: So you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to share a quote from a paper I included in this report. And this is from a report uh, paper written in 2005. It says, thoracic outlet syndrome due, due to hyperextension, hyperflexion, cervical injury states the mechanism of action of injury is when a car is hit from behind, the body supported by the seat back and seat belt accelerates while the head not supported remains still. And this is straight out of the literature and it creates this compression injury, these swelling that can occur through the neck and shoulder muscles that then impacts the nerve trunk and the brachial plexus, the nerves that travel down into the arm. And these nerves are uniquely uh sensitive and have various impacts on how someone uses their arm and hand muscles.
1: Right. Let me let me just um for for our attorney clients who may not be uh, familiar with the exact anatomy, there are uh, nerves that come out of the spinal column, of course, and the nerves from uh, cervical level C four down to T one go down through the neck. They go under the uh, collarbone, the scapula. And then they go over the top of the first ribs and under the armpit, and then the nerves go all the way down uh, on both sides to the fingertips, both sides meaning the thumb all the way to the pinky finger. And in that area over in the chest, those nerves come together, and that's that clumping of nerves, that's the brachial plexus. And that's uh, where, and through that uh, outlet that lets the nerves down uh, through the armpit and into the arm, that's where this injury occurs.
2: And the next report that I cited from 2008 says, usually these symptoms begin with neck trauma, most commonly an auto accident, Patients typically note neck pain within the first few days, whereas arm and hand symptoms are delayed a few days to several weeks. This was absolutely pathognomonic for my attorney's client. It was right. one of those moments where I, I open up this paper after speaking to the, uh, the client and reviewing the records, and I'm like, got it, boom, it's <laughs> right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's exciting. It, it yeah. is. I mean, we get we get excited because it creates the whole narrative of this report. And this is a nine page report I should share. And, you know, next I jump into creating the the causative link and how we use Freeman criteria to determine causation following traumatic injury and really making it absolutely painfully clear to the adjuster or opposing counsel how this is related. Mm -hmm. And the uh, next section of this, I talk about the client's functional losses. Oh, I should mention, Armin, if anyone listening wants to see this redacted report, we'd be happy to send it along. Uh, You could review it. I mentioned it's nine pages. I'm sure there'd be other tidbits that our attorneys would find interesting. You can always just email us at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. So she continues to try to work, has this right-handed pain. And it affects her daily living. She can't open a jug of water that she used to be able to, you know, open before. And we just really paint this picture and then ultimately make my opinion within a reasonable degree of medical certainty that this is a direct result of the crash. And then I include two pages of verbatim notes from the medical record that support from her treating doctors, my opinions made, and then... Very nicely at the end, I include her medical costs to date, which brushed right up against fifteen thousand dollars. All directly related. I mean, you got pharmacy medications, chiropractic testing, uh, chiropractic treatments, physical medicine, physical therapy, her PCP f- visits related to this, the emergency room, everything that she was on the hook for. And uh, again, she she's not. Making, you know, high six figures or or, or or this massive salary that can accommodate or absorb an extra $15,000 of medical bills in that time frame.
1: Right. In fact, didn't you, you told me that initially all of her medical bills were denied by the insurance company. Yes.
2: Yes, yes. As these were related, uh, everything that I outlined was not being covered because it. She was seemingly told she was okay after the car crash. Yeah. So, then what's really nice is, lo and behold, above and beyond those fifteen thousand dollars, approximately of costs, I was able to estimate what future medical care and costs she should have above and beyond, and this included a nerve conduction study which is a uh, confirms the diagnosis of thoracic outlet syndrome and uh, an MRI of her neck could rule out pressure on her cervical spine. That has a cost. She was going to need follow-up neurology, orthopedics, and additional physical medicine visits. And... I even mentioned and I don't know how the attorney used this but that decompression surgery may ultimately be her only option. Yeah. And that obviously has a massive cost associated with it. Right. And this really equipped my attorney with this report in hand with all of the research included in the narrative to go to bat for this woman who clearly, I mean, if you're sitting around a coffee table talking about the symptoms that she's having and when they started, even a fourth grader would know that this was directly related to the crash. Yet our attorneys constantly run up against a wall trying to get this stuff covered.
1: Right. Right. The argument was, well, wait a minute. She didn't have any trauma to her thumb. So she's, this isn't accident related. That's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: It, I'll mention before we run into your case on this, which I'm excited for our listeners to hear, The my estimated future costs, I put a little table in the last page, were th- about $37,000 above and beyond that 15000 that I believed were very reasonable based upon uh, her future lifetime medical expenses as it directly was relating to this crash. Right, right. So okay, Armin. Enough on this case. Unless you have anything else you want to add, feel free. But I, I want to, I want to hear your story again, and I want everyone to hear what you went through because it, it blew my mind.
1: Sure, I, I will relate that in just a moment. But I just want to reiterate, Mike. I, uh, of course, you always write great reports. But obviously, I've read this report. It's a beautifully done report, and I would just also suggest again to our attorney. Uh, listeners that if you want to see a really good example of how this can be worked up, uh, send us an email at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. We'll send you a copy of the report. So when we were talking about this, as you know, Mike, I said, well, I can relate to this. So some years ago, I was driving down one of our freeways, one of our highways in town in Denver, and I was in the far right-hand lane. I was going exactly 65 miles an hour, which was the speed limit. And the car next to me in the middle lane, for unknown reasons, decided that they would come over into my lane. They hit me and with enough force that not only it bumped me off the road. And uh, unfortunately for me, we were traveling past Chatfield State Park. And right where this guy hit me was a fairly steep hill that led down into the park. It certainly wasn't a drive down to the park. I just boom, went down this hill. And at the bottom of the hill, slightly to my right, was a stand of about five trees. So I held on to that steering wheel at 10 and two o'clock. I planted my feet on the floor of the car, shoulder length apart, and just held on for dear life. Now, I can tell you, I didn't know this when I was going down the hill, but the car uh, wound up landing on the driver's side up on two wheels. The windshield was smashed to pieces. I did have some fairly minor, but I did have some lacerations to my face and arms from the glass flying. Uh, but the police officer who came down, uh, eventually to the crash site. I missed the trees, by the way, by inches. Uh, I think that would have been curtains if I had hit those trees, but I missed the trees Mm. by inches. And the police officer told me that uh, based on the calculations and so forth, I had rolled the car over five times. Mm. So uh, it was a spectacular (laughs) accident. Uh, It stopped traffic on that side of the highway. Uh, Some good Samaritans stopped and came down the hill and helped me to exit the car through the smashed out windshield. And lucky for me, the guy that hit me, he was from out of town, happened to be here On business from Las Vegas. And uh, I didn't get to talk to him very much. I was uh, maybe just a little bit uh, dazed, but uh, he apologized profusely for hitting me. We exchanged insurance information, never saw him again, but at least he stopped. So when I was traveling at that moment, I was on my way to an attorney's office to discuss a a case and so I called the attorney and said uh, his name happened to be Mike as well but I said hey Mike I think you need to come and pick me up off the uh, highway uh, because (laughs) here's what happened and and by the way he was the one that wound up doing my case for me Uh, but the interesting thing is I went ahead we had the meeting I was a little shook up but um, didn't think I was terribly injured. Uh, by the way, I called my wife from the attorney's office, and she kind of jokes every once in a while still to this day that th- the first thing out of my mouth was, uh, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and uh, uh, But the, the next day, just like your client, I was hurting from head to toe. And on that next day, I had significant, pretty painful pain on the left side of my neck, and I had uh, peristagious numbness down my left arm uh, into my uh, left hand, and went to, uh, and by the way, uh, the This pain in my neck, it lasted, thank goodness it eventually went away, but it lasted three years. So uh, I went to my primary care physician, Uh, he diagnosed, it it didn't seem like a big mystery to him, I mean, he diagnosed uh, thoracic outlet syndrome pretty early in the course of my treatment, sent me for physical therapy therapy which did help a, a great deal with the uh, uh, numbness and some slight weakness in my left arm. But that left that neck pain lasted a long time. I did everything. I mean, I had acupuncture, uh, traction, both in the office and a home system. Uh, I saw a, a chiropractor. I was initially treated with some medications, but uh, I didn't want to, you know, take those too long. And in fact, Mike, as I mentioned to you, if I was traveling across town, I used to carry uh, Ziploc bags in my car and I knew the locations of all the McDonald's in town because typically I'd have to stop about halfway to my uh, the place where I was traveling, fill up a bag with ice and put it on my neck so i could uh, finish the trip to wherever uh, i was going um the the uh, my pcp also sent me to a orthopedic surgeon who happened to be a, a doctor of osteopathy who also tried some Uh, manipulation therapy, and, uh, you know, not much worked for a very long time. Uh, I also wound up getting electromyography with nerve conduction studies, and uh, that nailed the the diagnosis. But that, by the way, was what I would consider to be a below average experience (laughs) that that was uh those the the zaps from the um to make the nerves jump made me jump off the table i mean that was just a miserable uh, i had
2: no idea that those that that test was painful i you know we review these and hear about our clients our attorney's clients getting EMG studies quite frequently. And this is the first I'm hearing that it. you're saying it actually is painful to have an EMG done.
1: Well, I don't know if it's painful for everyone, but... uh, That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) It certainly was for me. When I went to the chiropractor, we wanted to do some uh, E-STEM, right? Electrical stimulation and put that electrode on me. Uh, I didn't jump like I did at the EMG test, but uh, I that I I just could not tolerate that electricity going through me.
2: Well, we have a we have a dog that uh, we had used the electric fence, and my wife just must not be as sensitive because she she wanted to test it. And, you know, she got zapped from, and she didn't even really blink. So I said, okay, well, give it to me. And I threw the thing probably 20 feet after it zapped me. <laughs> right. and so you and I just must be a little bit uh, more sen- <laughs> We'll call it more sensitive to electro, <laughs> electro- right, stimulation. Right. Right. So, wow, Armin, I'm so glad you're here that you could even share that story. Inches from the tree, unbelievable. <laughs>
1: yeah, So, uh, so my case actually paralleled the case that you had uh, and it just shows how these uh f- the pain the what what are uh, what the clients inter-clients go through uh, the functional losses that we can outline uh, in our reports that uh, your client who uses uh jug of water in her work couldn't open the top of the jug. I mean, these are all things that uh, we can elucidate in the reports that we write.
2: Yeah. And it's worth pointing out, especially to our, our listeners who are not already clients, we do these reports relatively quickly. I mean, usually a one to two week turnaround and very affordably, Uh, Unlike traditional, you know, testifying medical experts, we are serving as medical legal consultants and we're really, I consider myself an extension of my attorney clients team and Mm -hmm. that in, in, in all ways, whether it's suggesting medical care, answering questions, talking about causation, functional losses. So everything that you just said, I just felt like I had to recap that because it's exactly what we do.
1: Well, uh, uh, now that I'm shaking a little, <laughs> it was very traumatic. I'm, now that I'm shaking a little, I'm sure I'll take a couple of deep breaths and be fine. But um, anything else that you've got on that?
2: No, no. Re- uh, to our listeners, reach out. If you'd like to see a report, talk to us about our, uh, our rates and or how we can help on a case. Just let us know. We're, we're here to chat and we enjoy new and uh, interesting consultations.
1: Right. Uh, And if you enjoy our podcast, we certainly would appreciate a five-star review. If you have a comment or question, please get a hold of us at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. And we look forward to having you on the next podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. For more information about the show and to listen to all the podcast episodes, go to physicianshelpingattorneys.com. You can also email Armin and Mike at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com.